This is the Black Creative Handbook with your host Cassandra Lauren Gordon. This podcast will help to inspire, motivate and give that blueprint, the manual for success for people in the creative businesses, for people from the African and Black diaspora to help us just move along, get that bag, and no more starving artist syndrome. No, out the door. Co-work with us. Be with us and be successful and get the gems. You might have heard in the podcast or you're going to hear it soon that this was called the Creative For You podcast. Don't worry about that. It's Creative For You. Let's be successful and be positive. This is the Black Creative Handbook with your host, KLG, Cassandra Lauren Gordon. And I am here with Lindsay Sims. Not Lindsay, Lindsay. Okay, let's get that. Let's get that popping. Okay. So in a few sentences, tell us about yourself. Uh, I am a digital marketing educator who tries to focus on helping people to build funnels without feeling gross or overwhelmed so that's like my short version of who I am you have come at the right time because I really want to feel (laughs) not salesy as a creative because I'm like oh airy fairy pink fluffy unicorns but in real life we need that money to come in so we can create more right so yes. that's why I'm like very practical. Like I'm so excited to see because I'm like, how do I monetize? Because I can sell, but is it on a regular occurrence? Is it coming in my bank account? And sometimes yep. creators don't want to talk about money, but money makes the world go round. So it is what it is. So thank it you. It is for, what it is. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Before we get into how you do this funnel magic got to do these quick fire questions just random questions for you just to say how you feel so people can get to know you okay okay are you a day or night person i'll say night but i do love me some sun so (laughs) i'm a night person i hear you i hear you do you prefer to write in pen or pencil pen all the time all day every day why is that um I love the feel of the ink on the paper I'm like I'm I'm also a creative I'm not an artist I'm just a creative human and I love the feeling that like gliding feeling of the ink love it and I hate crappy pens because they don't glide <laughs> so I hey, you glide and all right okay I got yeah, yeah. okay Apple or Android oh I'm a droid 100% what tell me about the yes. droid life I am living the droid life all of my machines everything <laughs> Hey, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Cereal or toast? Oh, well, man, that totally depends on both the cereal and the toast. Um, but I will say toast, most likely, unless we're counting about talking about oatmeal or porridge, then it's cereal because I love oatmeal. <laughs> I will eat it every day. <laughs> and with your cereal, do you put the milk in first or the cereal first? Oh, I have just recently heard crazy people put their milk in first. Who are these people? I are you one of those people who does the milk first? You can't, <laughs> oh God. If you can't see me, if you listen to this just audio, I'm I'm hiding. I'm hiding <laughs> from Lindsay because I don't know. I put my milk in first. I want to see how much 
will it can absorb oh gosh I'm, i yeah I'm, <laughs> that is so funny i'm like i'm 100 cereal first <laughs> well, then it gets too mushy i don't want my cereal to be too mushy I don't know. I, I guess I understand. To each okay. their own. To each, each their, their own. own. Okay, cool. <laughs> are you a dreamer or are you a realist? Um, I am a dreamer. All I, I think that you can't be a realist unless you're a dreamer. Uh, otherwise, you're just a cynic. You're not really a realist. So I'm a dreamer. Okay. What advice, yeah. just putting it out there in the universe, what advice would you give to your 23-year-old self? 23. Okay. So my 23 year old self, I would tell her to stop being afraid of smart people because she's smart too. Wow. I wish I yeah. knew that at 23. Oh, yeah. I wish I can time travel. Well, thank you yeah. very much for that. Like you just made me reflect on my life. Like what was I doing at 23? I think I was listening to too many people. I should have just had it in myself just to just do what I wanted to do and just make mistakes and just learn from them. So thank you for really doing that. So yeah. let's talk about you being an educator and a coach in these lovely digital streets. Yes. So how do you help and give value to people? Uh, one of the things that I love doing is helping people to get past complicated things because I think my superpower is that I don't find most things to be complicated. That that whole advice to my 23-year-old self is kind of just the truth. I'm not a brilliant person, but I'm really resourceful. So if there's something complicated, my I feel like it's my job to figure it out. And with digital marketing, I figure things out and then I translate them for people, which is why I say I'm an educator, is that I've just figured out how to do digital marketing in really simple terms. And then I help most small business owners and entrepreneurs, people who are at the beginning or are just overwhelmed, figure out how to do that stuff for themselves. And that's kind of my sweet spot. So that's what I really focus on doing. And so when you said like coach, and I'm like, I'm only a coach because I'm kind of a motivational speaker while I'm helping you do it. I'm like, you can do it. <laughs> but, but it's really like telling people what they can do, you know, like, okay, that sounds yeah. cool. Okay. Why do people feel so, so emotional around sales? Like, cause I feel it, I feel it in my chest when I said something. And I uh, you know why, you know, Cassandra, the answer to that is really easy. The reason why we feel like emotional around sales is because we feel like it's personal. Like uh, we feel like if we don't, if someone doesn't buy our stuff, it's like, they're not buying us. And if you're an artist, it's even more so like that. Like you put your soul into this art. And then if someone doesn't buy it, it feels like they're rejecting you as a person. <laughs> not just like not buying your stuff but like if you make cook i've worked with a lot of people who produce food and you know if someone doesn't buy their food product they're like what you think it's nasty you don't like and i'm like what if i just don't like cherry like that like what you know but we take it personally and then that makes us not want to sell because we don't want the rejection that's why it feels bad is that we don't want to feel rejected and if someone doesn't buy it then it feels bad I think you just said a lot of facts there. I'm um, just feeling all the, the rejection I've had going like, you know, to market and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we deal with this rejection life? How do we deal with it? You know, we can't avoid it being artists, our sensitive souls. How do no. we prepare ourselves for that? Any good tips? I think that the best tip I can give you or anyone else who is like fearing the rejection is to 
do two things. First, intentionally make yourself feel dumb. Like whatever the thing is that you don't like, or you are like, oh my God, I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid of someone saying this is ugly or whatever. Like actively attempt to get someone to say it to you. Because when you do that, then the opposite, whenever the opposite happens, you notice it. So instead of trying to get people to buy your stuff, almost try to talk people out of it. And then that way, when they buy it, you're happy. And if you convince them not to buy it, that's fine. Because you were trying to do that. Like, Like you could just play little mental tricks with yourself because eventually the truth is you just have to get over it. And it's, it's not like a snap your fingers and get over it thing. You have to practice it. Like you have to practice, you have to practice hearing no and not taking it personally, like not accepting it as an indictment on yourself, but as a... Simply put, it's just that person's perspective on the world. And we all know people who we wouldn't even want our stuff in their house or we wouldn't want, you know, but then we just take it personally. So try to like intentionally, almost intentionally get people to say no to you so that you can just hear it and accept it and not take it personally. And even if it's over dumb things, I've heard, I heard some of the best advice ever was like, go out to a street that you know the street really well and ask someone where that street is like stand on that street and say where is surrey road like and have everyone be like oh my god you're on it you go oh my god thank you and then do it again because it just feels dumb like you but you shake it off like eventually all right I just you know, had like bit, I've had anxiety a little bit because I I I feel I'm a quite confident person and I have to do stuff that or or an extrovert. But there's something about selling your own stuff, and I kind of have the kind of have the the beginner's version because that sounds yeah. too in like intermediate for me. So how do I get the bit? So I'm I've got I've got I've got my jewelry. People know I'm, I'm a jeweler. Mm-hmm. My jewelry, I feel it's, it's it's amazing, but as you said, everyone has different tastes, different attachments to yep. gold, to jewelry, money. Yep. How do I get over trying to get stores or people to mm-hmm. buy your my jewelry? I don't, I don't know. I don't know because it hurts sometimes. It hurts. It does. It does. It does hurt. And it's it, the the thing is, like I said, it's not about not hearing the no. I would. The second part of my advice is, you know, get used to hearing no, A, but then B, try to find ways when you're at the beginning so that you don't have to hear it as often. Um, I'm a huge fan of online sales. It's the reason why I love doing funnels is because online sales is easy because you don't have to hear the no. And when if you do, you know, a longer sales cycle where someone is kind of over time getting to know you, eventually people will buy your stuff just because they like you and not because they necessarily like your jewelry even. And it it makes it easier. Um, but I also, I mean, I'm a fan of personal growth, man. I'm not gonna tell you, you you we still gotta get past it. We still cannot, you can't, you know, I I, I went to a Van Gogh show recently, and I even though he was a complete nutter. I absolutely love the way that he approached art because he approached it like, if you don't love it, even though he did have his moments, it wasn't personal to him. Like he created regardless, regardless of if anybody bought it, regardless, because it was about the creation for him. It wasn't about getting someone to buy it. It was about getting it out. And so maybe it's reframing the whole concept. And it's not about selling it. It's about creating it. And if someone else buys it and loves it, great. But if they don't, it's not, it wasn't for them and it's fine. Okay. I hear that. 
Mm-hmm. But internally, I'm, something's happening to, to me right now. I believe everything what you say. So it's what you say and what you do, right? And mm-hmm. what I'm thinking right now, depending on how you had your creative path or path, you might not always have the privilege to create what you want without a commercial um, repercussion or, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes for me as a jeweler, you know, people might see me a bit commercial, but design, high design, but a bit commercial, but it's like, I wish I can just make what I want. Like, if you like it, you like it, but I don't have those followings yet. Yeah. I'm not Kanye way yet where I can do crazy stuff and people will still buy your stuff and make me a a billionaire. I'm not there yet. So I still have to keep the customer in mind or, what I mm-hmm. think or anticipate what they might think while still being mm-hmm. myself, which is a hard balance. So it's interesting it what you said about the Van Gogh thing. Pe- people do say in just be yourself and people will come. I'm like, listen, yeah, I've made a piece of jewelry where I made for myself and it's on my shelf. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't have a sales and for I it. still have it. You're right. Right. But I do not have a sales for it. Yeah. No, I and and when I say that, I, I'm not being flippant because you're right, you have to eat. And the the difference between us and Van Gogh is that he was willing to starve and die. I'm not. I'm. I want to eat. Like I need to eat. And, I, and, and so I believe very strongly in making sure that whatever it is you do, you know, that you are trying to sell it and that you are trying to get it out there. That's the reason why you have to balance it. You're like you have to balance the creating with accepting the fact that not everybody's gonna love it because you have to. If you're gonna reach your customer, whoever your customer is, if you're gonna really reach that person some part of you is going to have to let go of the idea of trying to make something for everybody and trying to make something very specific for a group of people who you know are the real customer. Once you kind of get that honed in, it gets a lot easier. And that sales part gets a lot easier too. It is so much easier to sell the right thing to the right person than it is to try to sell the right thing to the wrong person. Because it's just okay. okay. I know know you know how to do it. I know you do this for a living. I know you educate. I know that you're a coach. I know you do all this. But just for the podcast, can you just let us in a little secret? Give us a little secret sauce. How? How do I sell so I can live my life and have less no's? How do I pre qualify? How do I make sure the customer and have a good product market fit? What are the essentials I need to know? Because I struggle. Yes. Okay. So the, there's a, a whole bunch of things. I won't even call them secrets. I'll let, I, I know that they feel like secrets, but I will, I will say that they are mostly just a set of steps that if you do them, they don't have to even be in the right order. If you do these things, it will help you. The very first thing is something that a lot of artists in particular don't want to do, which is you have to automate things. So a lot of people, I have a, a, a client who I just was working with who she had a newsletter and she wasn't pre-planning her newsletter. So she was like literally hand typing it the day she was going to send it off. And I'm like, no, ma'am, because essentially what you do when you don't automate or don't pre-schedule you, your every Instagram post is instantaneous. Every, whenever you do that, then what you're doing is you're putting your marketing at your whim. And we are fickle us artists. (laughs) We are fickle people. And so at some point, I'm not going to want to do this email, even though it's supposed to go out at 2.45. Like, I want to do the Instagram post. I want to do something else. So what you really should focus on is trying to automate. Because if you automate, then you override your natural tendency to, to kind of 
towards not doing things or towards fear. So automate, 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 automate is the biggest secret possible is to automate because we all have we most of us have the right answer as far as product market fit. We know how to talk to our customer. It's just that a lot of times we get in our in our head about it because it's right now. It's immediate. Oh, I gotta go write this email to this customer. I gotta go. Mm-mm. When you are in the right mindset, when you're in a good mood, when things are going well, you just made a sale to the right person. At that moment, write your next email. Like write it before you need it. Write the reply to people's questions. You have a bunch of questions people ask you about your products. Sit down after you and sold a bunch of stuff and you feel good and write down a whole bunch of answers to people's questions (laughs) so that whenever someone asks you that question, you have a canned response ready to go. Because otherwise, when you're in a bad mood or when things are going poorly or things aren't, it's going to be easy to ignore that email that someone just sent you asking you a very simple question that if you just answered it, maybe you would have a sale, but you don't have time to answer it because you're busy and you don't want to think about that right now. But if you have that canned email already ready to go, then you don't have to wait for yourself to get in the right mood to answer their question. Okay. You just have the answer. Okay, I wrote down automation. I yeah, okay. Automate. I'm personally attacked, but I would I will I will <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. Okay. It's, it's okay. the biggest thing that if we just did that, I mean, messaging is huge. But the messaging comes from knowing your customer. And if you can get to know your customer, that's fantastic. Some people are afraid of their customers. That's that back to that 23-year-old. I was afraid of the people who I was most engaged with at the time. And so you can't be afraid of your customer. You can't be afraid to ask them questions and to get their input. When they buy your stuff, ask them, what made you buy this? What what do you love about these, you know, this painting, these earrings, this Whatever the thing is, this cupcake, whatever it is, ask people why they love it and then receive. Oh, my goodness. That's the other thing. As as creators, we tend to not believe people when they say positive things about us. And so we need to receive the positivity and then recycle it back out to the people who don't know we exist. And so often we will hear positive things and then we bury them. Like it never happened. Mm. And I'm like, no, stop burying all the good stuff. When someone says something great about you, either ask them to write it down for you. Um, ask them to email it to you. Uh, ask them if you pull out your phone and just record it. Like, can I just record you saying that? And they will say yes. Like they. <laughs> you mean, the, oh, hold on, hold on. Maybe, you know what, let's say something. There may be a cultural difference of Americans where, you know, mm. people want to support people a lot yeah. openly than in British culture. Because I'm telling you, for me to get a testimonial, I have said, li- listen, how's, I'm just getting very emotional right now, but let me just bring it back. Let me stop being emotional. Let me just be very salesy, not take it personally. Right. Mm-hmm. I will make people's engagement rings. I have made people cry in the most nicest way. Like, because yeah. this is the best ring. This is the, you've done such an amazing job. This encapsulates our love. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Can I have a testimonial? Just do it quickly on WhatsApp. Show me. Nothing. Right. Okay. You're not, you're not wrong. It's, it is cultural, but it's not, it's not us versus UK. That's just, it is cultural. There are just different cultures that respond differently. So what you got to do, the answer to this is not, you won't get testimonials for those of us who are out here hustling. If someone has a great experience with you and you ask them for a testimonial and they ghost you or they get real quiet, write it for them. And I don't mean like put it out there with their name on it. I'm saying write it for them and send it to them and say, does this capture what your experience was? And if they say yes, you can say, can I use it? 
on my website. Can I, I use it? But what about a video? Because I put, I've got lots of written ones, but I, I feel people, because I'm not as well known as a jeweler, they think like I'm, I've got, I, I didn't write a video testimony in this day and age, in video, Instagram, LinkedIn world. People yeah. are not doing it. And they're supposed to be close to, to me. I have an answer. Okay, so if you can't get people to show up on camera, so so who cares? So there are a bunch of different options that you can do to get someone else to act it out for you. A, Fiverr. I know y'all got Fiverr. Um, Fiverr is one of my favorite things. You just literally send that testimonial to an actor on Fiverr and they will act that testimonial out. All commercials are that we see on TV are actors giving real testimonials that people made in real life. It's just an actor performing it. And so you can hire an actor to perform it. You can also use voiceover software. So there's a software I use called Descript. I don't know if y'all have that, but Descript is one of my favorites. You can actually have a software essentially read it for you. And it sounds like a real person. And it reads out the real testimonial and you can put a picture of that person up. So it's a picture of their face with their, with a voice. It's not their voice, but with a voice and the words coming across the screen that is explaining what the testimonial is. We just got to get creative when people just be out here acting a fool and not want to give us our testimonials. <laughs> you got to get creative with whatever it is they do. I'm give telling you, you because you get they don't realize for small business owners or whatever, a testimony mm -hmm. is so valid. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know what the saying is like, if a tree falls and no one sees it or hear it, does it fall? I'm like, I've got all these golden yeah. rings and I yeah. don't yeah. believe me, but I've made them because no yeah. one's putting their face to it and claiming me. Yeah. yeah I'm not an unwanted yep. child. I've done stuff, <laughs> you know. And with and when you have a piece of art, when you have a ring, when you have when you have something like that, and then not just put their face up. So in that little video thing that I'm talking about creating, put a picture of the ring, put the words that they said, have the words and the 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 audio playing at the same time. That might be even better than their stupid face that they don't want to show. And so like just having the product itself, there's there's some really good examples. We get a little caught up sometimes in the idea that it has to be a face. It does not have to be a face. You can have your product and a voice. A lot of the, a lot of Instagram nowadays is voiceover anyway. And so like just have someone do a voiceover with your with a picture of the ring um, and make sure whenever if, as creatives, one of the things I know I've done poorly over the years is capturing my art before it leaves me. So make sure, I'm sure you're not bad at this. I'm sure you're just a genius at getting your own photography for your products before they leave you, but make sure you're getting photography of your own art before it goes to the client, yeah. because you can't rely on them to give you art afterwards. Like you can't rely on them to take a picture and tell you of it on the hand of someone or anything like that. So get the art before it leaves you so that you can use it with their testimonial later. And also sneakily, I do that as well because of, you know, COVID I post, usually I use the hand deliver because of COVID I don't do that. Or as a jeweler, mm -hmm. Sometimes people say, oh, Cassandra, there's a scratch or something on it. Like, this happens very rarely. Yes. I take the pictures and I do the things because I want to quality assure what yeah. I'm giving out. So if people yeah. say, oh, it's something, I'm like, if something that a few occasions when people say, I'm like, look, here's the video. <laughs> it's all intact before I packed it and sent it off yeah. for insurance and stuff. So it's a quality assurance thing I've done as well because I've I've been caught out where I haven't yeah. taken pictures of the product. And someone said, oh, you know, there's a little scratch or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, nope. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah.
but you're right always do that because i was no i just want to get to i just want to get to the customer i'll make, make them happy like, no no I, I tell you i'm no, speaking I, from my own experience too i've done it too i've done it in the past where i'm like man i wish i had gotten that because sometimes especially with digital art so i create when i say i'm a creator i create content for people on a regular basis and i had a client who I created an entire set of like 30 pieces, 30 graphics with emails to go with it and all this stuff. That's, you know, what the whole funnel thing is about. So I created all this content and then she changed directions in her business and didn't use any of it. <laughs> and because I like put it out there to her, I never got to use it as testimonial myself. Like I never got to put it out. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. And I didn't put it, I, I had it at the time. It would have been great for me to use it in the moment while she was still doing that thing. But then it became useless to both of us because she switched gears. And so it's just so good to capture that stuff before, um, you know, before it kind of flies away. Okay. So we got there. So I've, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on the, te I'm the testimonial queen. So people yes. come for me making your rings, making my jewelry. I'm coming for you and for my reviews, man. I'm yes. coming for yeah. it because yeah. social proof is, is a lot. So the next it is. thing, sorry, just you, but the next thing is, it's like, okay, so I've got a good product, got my internet, did my automation systems. How can I attract? Do I have to use ads? I know organic is dead. And I'm, I have to, I, I don't use ads. And I've been quite lucky mm -hmm. that word of mouth and organic, especially in 2022 mm -hmm. has worked for me so far, but it's dying off. Mm. So how do okay. I attract the traffic? How do I get the people to see me for the sale? I love that this question is a fantastic question. And it's the one that no one wants to hear, which is organic is not dead. It's not organic. It's not dead organic is just not flashy and that's what people don't like so people think that organic means uh some sort of k like 1k 2k 3k behind your fans and followers and you know I, if it doesn't get 400 likes it was worthless and all this crap like in reality if you have a youtube channel like you do and you have you know like i, I i'd say if you're selling a niche product if you have 100 views per video you're golden and people think, you know, oh my God, if that's nothing. And I'm like, who are you trying to, how many rings could you really make? Like if you, had, so the reality is you don't need tens of thousands of people. It's just that our brains have a really hard time differentiating between Instagram for influencers and YouTube for YouTubers versus for us who have real businesses. Like the people who we're comparing ourselves to a lot of times that's their business that's what they do for a living is internet they social media for a living and if we compare our numbers to their numbers it won't ever match up what we really need to be doing is saying okay what does my realistic audience look like what does my thousand true fans look like and that thousand true fans does not have to be on one platform it could be across four and so if you add up your linkedin your linkedin connections and your instagram followers and your facebook fans and your youtube subscribers if you add all of those people up and they get to a thousand stop comparing yourself to other people at that point done you've you've achieved what you need to achieve that is your organic audience now your job is to not try to attract new people because they will do that for you what you want to do is make the content you create for them so good that they love everything you do because if they love you when we talk about word of mouth word of mouth isn't just verbal it is the internet so if 
your fans on Facebook love what you do, they're going to share it with their friends. They're going to tag their friends in your posts and go, oh my God, did you hear about this? Or have you seen this ring? She created this for me. And if you've never seen people do this before, I have, it is amazing when they do, because it goes so much further than a, that one little interaction in the internet, it goes a thousand times further than that because all of those, both of those people's friends see everything that just happened in that correspondence. So we need to just stop comparing ourselves to these big people who aren't, they aren't selling anything real. Like, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're selling themselves and there's nothing wrong with selling yourself, but that's not what we're doing as business owners. We're selling a product or a service and we need to like really hone in on that thousand real customers and then try to get those people to be evangelists. That's the real game. And you can do that without ads easily. Easily. Okay. My life has just been changed now. You snatched my life. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hear you. Cause I'm so glad you brought up the thousand fans. I was going to ask you a question about the thousand fans. And um, mm -hmm. I don't say I've got a thousand super fans yet, but I'm working towards it. Right. Yeah. Cause you, and also what I wanted to say as well, but I prefer the money and the likes and the yes. subscribers. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you connect with me and you want to be part of my tribe, do it. Woohoo. Yeah, Love yeah. it. But I need to convert. I'm sorry. I'm a bit gangster about that. People I like, am too. I'm very, very creative, but I'm very gangster. Because I don't have a yeah. husband. I don't have generational wealth. I can't be like, hey, mom, can you pay my rent? I can't. I don't have that life. So I have to be gangster about it. I can't be like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't have yeah. that. You know, I don't have those type of um, advantages. So I know what it is. I'm not complaining about it. But I'm just telling you that's how it is. I'm right. with you. I'm, I'm same. I'm the same path. So with what you just said, let me take that thousand truth fans to the place where we need to go with it. So the reason why I bring them up is because everybody's like, I want to attract. I want to attract. I'm like, first of all, you need to get the people who know who know you and love you, not your family and friends, but like the people who buy your stuff now. A, we need to be getting them to be super fans. We need to be cultivating and nurturing that relationship. And the best way to do that is not on social media. It's back to that automation thing I said earlier, which is that you need to get them on an email list. And yes, I'm that person who says email is where it's at. And that's because email converts so much better than any other platform. And so if you really are about the money, you need to be taking those thousand true fans that are out there in the internets and converting them into your email list and then emailing them regularly with updates oh. and fun things and all of those. But that's where the automation comes in because ain't know. nobody got time for that. right? Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. I get you. I get you. For someone like you and do what you do, I understand the email marketing. I get it. For someone like a jeweler, mm -hmm. for me, no one wants to read a... Um, or fashion, whatever. No one wants to read an, an ebook, you know. Oh, sign up and get an ebook. So for yeah. a jeweler like me, when I'm trying to research how to do my sales funnel, how I can't give you a, a free ring. <laughs> and so you sign up, please. And they don't. First of all, first of all, that works. People always are like, "What am I supposed to do? Just ask people to sign up?" And I'm like, "Yes, a." Yes, just ask because we'd be acting it like we can't just ask people, join my email list. Ask, just ask. Like, you got this whole podcast audience. Have you asked these people to join your email I list? I haven't. Them. Ask them. All right, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Sign yes. up to my email list, please. My jewelry one. Yes. Because, mom, this, this network has to eat too. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, so I, you know, I've, got, I've got to be gangster about it. I have to be. I'm sorry. And you, you have inspired me. 
I know I don't want to use it in a most loving way of gangster. Like I need to, yeah. nah, not to be shy, not in 2022. No, nope. bills nope. have to be paid. Yes, so, yeah. 100%. Ask, ask, ask. And and if you are like, nobody wants an ebook about a ring. First of all, that tells me that we need to have a separate conversation because the truth is if you out here selling engagement rings, then you could make a tip sheet or a one pager that is the 15 most interesting ways to uh, pop the question. That's it. You sell rings, make a one sheet, 15 most interesting ways. And you can like have YouTube videos linked in the sheet where it's like, this is a YouTube video of this person. So I'm just going to do the research for you. So you don't have to do it. And if you give me your email list, I'll give you this thing that just shows you exactly what to do to get this person to say yes. After you, you know, get your ring from me. No, there you go. All right. So see, you see, I'm getting like consultation right here. So, you know, when people give you free advice, you know, the, 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 the paid stuff is better. So yeah, I'm hearing you because, yeah. because it's, you are the few people in my life who understand about the niche of jewelry and how it's just, it's not like, Oh, I'm selling a, um, a pen or I'm selling nope. a Coke, um, a Coke can or, 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 or a hairband. It's a different type of, Yes. and emotion so when people say to me just do an ebook or um i'm like no it doesn't work for jewelry but when you said that that makes mm -hmm. sense that would really resonate with the bespoke things what i do with my jewelry um, yeah. so thank you for saying that because i get really annoyed when people just assume stuff would give generic advice about jewelry which is such a, and it's just annoying so thank you no, no. Um, thank you very much no problem and everyone out there who has art that they're selling. That is, that's the thing. You can't take the generic advice. And I hate, I hate giving generic advice. And I hate when other people take generic advice and then try to apply it to their very specific business. If you're selling a high-end product or if you're selling something that people don't need, then I think it's great. First of all, I love that kind of product because it gives you a lot of freedom, but that means you really need to know your customer because they are going to, like the customer itself is what's going to tell you what kind of marketing to do. Like I said, if you have people you're making engagement rings for, then you need to be thinking, how can I help these people get the best experience possible from asking someone to marry them? That is quite possibly the scariest thing on the planet to do. I know I like, I recently got engaged and oh, my, thank you. And my fiance was like sweating and shaking while asking me as we freaking live together. Like we're like, like I'm helping him pay for his kids to go to college. And he's like, I don't know if she's going to say yes, dude, if I didn't want to marry you, I would have like, we would be done. Like, <laughs> you never know. terrified, right? You and never so there's all of these emotions that they're going through. All we need to do is figure out how to help them deal with their emotions and use our ring while they're doing it. And if it's something, whatever the thing is that you sell, we everyone is buying it for emotion. I was just listening to a podcast. I love podcasts, by the way. I was listening to a podcast where a black woman was, um, she just made a big purchase of art from a black painter and, and she's also in, uh, in Great Britain and she's a painter and she, she didn't say who the person was because it hasn't been disclosed yet. 
And she was saying her reason for making the purchase was that she wants to be an example for other black people who have money that we can be the ones who buy black art. It doesn't have to go into the hands of, you know, you know, traditional, you know, art collectors and things like that. Like we should have black art hanging on our walls. We should have high art in our household. And she was, I know, right. And she was saying that. And what I wanted, I'm like, I'm the marketer in me was like screaming. I hope artists are listening to this because that is in and of itself a reason for someone to buy your stuff. But they have to know that that's part of your why. Like you're, uh, you're, 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 yours is very fortunately, you know, this podcast and what you do is making it obvious to people that you want to support black creatives. But there are people out there who are hiding their light. You know, they're not saying it. That's what I'm doing. Join me. Like, you don't have to give, like, you don't have to make a big to-do about it. Just ask, like, be transparent about what you're doing and then ask people to join you. And they will. Understood. Understood. Oh, yeah. God, no, you, you, you're speaking the truth. So organic, uh, organic is not dead. Organic is not dead. Okay. Just have to do the basics of making sure that I can yes. attract and get in these 1,000 fans to just be... Yes. Is there any other key things that we should know to make sure that our sales funnel is sustainable and we can get our coins? Yes. Um, so remember I said automation. The reason why I say automation is because consistency is key on every single platform. And one of the reasons why automation is so important is because it helps you be consistent regardless of what you feel like. So mm-hmm. it's not just consistency in the emails because that's useful, but it's like The problem with organic is that the organic posting works best if you're doing it regularly. And most of us just don't, you know, we just don't have the time or energy to upkeep regular posting. And so having some sort of posting plan, like coming up with a campaign and having that campaign running in the background so that at least every Tuesday there's a post going out, no matter what's going on, you always, you use some sort of software, use Hootsuite, Later, Buffer, whatever you use. I use Sendable, which is actually a British company. Was use something. Sendable. It's a weird company. S-E-N-D-I-B-L-E. Okay. And just you, whatever you use, just use something that is going to keep it consistent for you. Because the more consistent you can be, the better with your social. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. I need to do that as well. That's on the list. I just get so fed up with social media. I love I love podcasting. This is the most consistent thing I've done, but it's just um in relation of the digital. Um, yeah. yeah, social media, it's just like they just change their rules every two seconds. One minute you it use does, hashtag, yeah. one minute you don't use hashtag. You gotta do reels and like, oh, I gotta do reels. I just I just gotta just suck it up. Being a creative, you can't just be in your shell. Um, so I just gotta just suck yep. it up. Just 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 do and it. it's and think of it like it's not for you it's for the audience and and i think often we forget the reason why we're doing something because we're we forget and we we think we're doing it for instagram or we're doing it for youtube or we're doing it for facebook you're not doing it for any of those platforms you're doing it for the people who follow you on those platforms and so if you get confused and start being like oh my god i have to do this thing for facebook you're not doing anything for facebook you're doing this for the 250 people who are following you who actually they did that on purpose it wasn't an accident they want to hear from you and you're doing it for them like reframe it it's really not for facebook because facebook doesn't care about you but those people who followed you do so do it for them i'm going to ask you a bit of a devil's advocate question out of most respect suppose i did all that and my cell phone is not i don't i don't see no coins 
What are possible reasons I don't see no coins in my account? If you did all of that and you didn't see coins, there's probably, I've had this question before. There's probably one major thing you're missing. And that is a call to action. Because often we like to, we like to pretend that we're not selling something. So we go out and we'd be posting and we are putting things up and we are showing the rings and we're doing all the things. And we're having fun on the internet. And we have not asked a single person to buy a single thing <laughs> the entire time. We have not put a link out. We have not. I had a client, I have a, a friend of mine who is a sometimes client who she has a new box subscription and she's like, oh my God, Black History Month, do a thing. And not one of the posts had a link to actually buy the thing. And I, I know it wasn't on purpose. It was an accident because she's just kind of assuming, well, if you're my fan, then you know how to find it. Like, you know what my website is, you know how to find me. People are lazy. And so if you don't tell them what to do, they're not going to do it. And often we are like, oh, well, they know, they don't, they don't know, they don't know. And so if someone tells me they've done everything and they aren't getting the coins, I'm, it's likely they're not asking. They're not asking people for a sale. They're not directly saying, click this link and order your ring today. And they are not saying this painting is on sale for the next 15 minutes. And if you do not buy it, it is going to go away because the people who do that make money. What about testing? How do you test that your cell funnel is working or not? That's a great question. Um, I'm a big fan of testing before you need the money. So if you, let's say you have a campaign that's going to start on April 1st, you should be testing it like two weeks before that, making sure all your automations are working. If, like I said, if you're going to automate your emails, make sure your emails, join your own list, see what emails you get. Um, use one of your 19 email addresses because you know we all got a whole bunch of them. So <laughs> use one of those email addresses. You know, use if if you have a product you're selling, make sure you have purchased something from yourself to know what the purchase process looks like. Cause some people will be like, oh, well, I have this e-commerce site, they set it up and they be running it and can't nobody make a purchase. Not oh, nothing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so test your own website to make sure that the purchase can actually happen. Have a friend or a family member test that stuff out too. Like make sure that it works on all the mobile devices. If you are an Apple person, make sure it works on Android. If I'm an Android person, I got to make sure it works on an Apple device. Like don't just check yourself, check with other people as well. Um, and that does require some family and friend help, but I've managed to do it and I don't have a huge family and like you, I'm, I'm not coming from money. So it's just, you know, you gotta, you've got to hustle up some people to test some things for you, but always, always, always test it out. And then as far as the second type of testing, if things aren't working for real, like you are doing everything you've, you've done calls to action. The next thing you need to do is figure out why your audience isn't responding. And first thing, ask, ask them. Uh, you know what? I've been putting out these campaigns, like literally do social media posts. I've put out this, I've done that. And you guys seem to like this, this, and this, but you don't respond to that, that, and that. Ask. No, but they don't, okay. I'm going to tell, tell you a case study of me, right? So I even offered, because people said, do, you know, figure out your, your, your people who bought from me. And I looked up the people who bought from me on my, so I, I do, I do bespoke, but I do like ready to wear jewelry as well. And I said, I offer you a thousand, no thousand, sorry, a hundred pounds, sorry, hundred, that's all, hundred pounds. If you could just let me know some feedback about why did you buy the product? Nothing. Crickets, right? Don't, don't offer anything. Okay. So if you, if you ask, this is a, this is a test. 
if you ask with money and they don't respond, ask without it. So <laughs> like ask free, ask with money, ask with an incentive that's not money. Be like, I am running a raffle for a free engagement ring. Like it's worth a thousand dollars. I am going to give it away to one of the people who responds to this, you know, prompt. Test it out. Figure out which of those things is going to get people to respond. It's never that people won't respond to anything. That's never true. It's always that you are not giving them the right words. And if we're not using the right words, it just means we need to use different words. Every language has a whole bunch of them for a reason. And some people respond better to some words than others. So you just got to change up the words. Understood. Understood. Is there other, um, before we go, any other misconceptions about sales funnels, which you want to like bust out all the myths? Mm -hmm. So the biggest misconception about sales funnels is that it is software dependent. So a lot of people think in order to do a sales funnel, you have to have some fancy thousand dollar a month software or, you know, and you don't, you don't have to have any, you don't technically need any software to run a funnel. You could do it manually. Um, the biggest challenge with that is you as a person, (laughs) you would have to click all the buttons and respond to all the emails and all that. And that's just untenable, but that's the biggest misconception is that it's super complicated, hard and expensive. And funnels are all it is. If you think of it this way, all a funnel is, is a way for you to organize yourself around your client's buying process. So you're organizing yourself. You're not organizing them. You can't make your customer do anything. And anyone who tells you you can make people do stuff is lying. All you can do is organize yourself so that you know, okay, I asked, like you said, I did this and there was no response. But if you don't know what you're doing, you can't even say that. Like I specifically did this thing. Then the next time I'm going to specifically do this thing. And then the next time I'm going to specifically, (laughs) like, but if you don't have any organization to yourself, you can't do that. So funnel is an organizing system around you. It is not an organizing system around them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Okay, cool. I think I just got my life to, I just feel like I can't talk to you unless I've fixed myself. I just feel like all of the holes of which I haven't done, and I tried to avoid is catching up on me now. So I have to just get it done. And I feel like the listeners really appreciate that, especially as a creative, because you can't avoid it. Even if you're getting commissions, even if it's a product, even if it's a service, you have to sell yourself in these, you know, especially online. So um, everything what you said is just so valuable and such a skill. I think back when I was at school, like learning how to use Word or Excel was the was the skill but now being very social media and very sales savvy is the skill this is the basics this is not an added extra you get left behind if you don't know how to do it so yes um, yeah this is is and even if and this is the thing Cassandra even if you have money you still need to do it and that's the thing people will be like oh I'm just gonna throw money at it and then they just throw a whole lot of money away because you still need to or because you can't outsource the organization of yourself like you have to you have to organize yourself so even though i sell funnel content i sell the content the person who is doing the funnel still has to do it like they have to put it in their software they have to press the button that says start they have to respond to the instagram messages when people were they have to do it and so you have to organize yourself because if you are not and i don't and i understand i people are neurodivergent and i get that 
I also, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm, I understand we can have some problems that'll cause you to have to be messy. You can have a funnel and be messy. It's just, you need to know what the pieces are. Even if like my, my desk is messy, but I just know where everything is. You can be a messy funnel maker. That's fine. It's just that you still need to have all the pieces at hand. You know, I hope that's clear too. Cause it's like, people feel like you have to be a linear thinker. I'm not a linear thinker. I'm like, I'm a furthest thing. I'm a big picture, all sky unicorns. And like, I, I'm crazy. I'm like, I'm totally like that, but I have all my pieces at hand. Like, so yeah. that at any point I can pick them up and throw them like, you know, but if you don't do that part, then you definitely won't be able to succeed at funnels. I think I've just done something which I should have done. I should have set you up really nicely, but I think we can go to come to end. How did you get into it? How did you get into this life? You give all this great advice. I never even asked you, how did you get into this um, educating digital coaching life? I started because I was getting a PhD in political science and I wanted something creative to do while I was writing my dissertation. So I like volunteered at a nonprofit to do their marketing. And you had time. First of all, you had time. How did you have I time? had I had time because I was avoiding doing my dissertation. <laughs> okay. Because I don't know if I just said like I was going to do a PhD and I thought I can't do it. It's too much. It's your life. I can't do it. it yes. So, it was. It was. You took away. Okay, I'm learning. You took away from your PhD time, which you to do. Okay. Yep. And that's how I got into doing it. And that's part of the reason why I'm an educator is that, A, I was getting a PhD in order to be an educator. But when I started doing marketing for the nonprofit, they needed me to teach them how to do it because I was volunteering and I was going to stop volunteering at some point. So I was teaching them what I was learning as I was learning it. And the more I taught them, the more they wanted to know. So the more I had to learn. So it just kept, it was a nice virtuous cycle where I learned more, taught more, learned more, taught more. And now it's what I do for a living. So the PhD, so you're not being an academic, no? No, actually, I mean, I should say, I shouldn't say that. I do work in, I work at a community college locally at like three days a week as a, t a professor, but it's not because of a PhD. I don't have a PhD. I was just getting one. And then I started doing this stuff and I stopped doing that. <laughs> I, hear I hear you, the road to PhD. No, it's all, you know, it's all helps in whatever you've learned, yeah. you know, nothing is wasted. Yep. I hear yep. you. Okay. What was the best testimonial or best kind of outcome of you've helped someone using your work? I think my favorite, it's not probably the best, my favorite um, testimonial has been from a, a local woman who makes granola and she's like 60. She was like 60 when she started her business and she's like 72 now um, and recently just exploded. And she and I've been working together for a few years. And the testimonial was that she just does what I tell her to do and that nothing I tell her to do is crazy. And she's like, I just do the basics but do them consistently and well. And I'm like, that's it. And she has blown up and she's got a really successful business. And now she's selling more granola than she can personally make. She, so she has people making it and it's great. And so that's one of my favorite testimonials. It's just, you know, she did what I told her to do. And I don't mean that like I'm the guru because I'm not. I'm here to offer practical advice. Like I want you to do practical things so that you can get good real results. So Okay, that sounds so sweet. Oh, and what's her um, oh, her granola? Pat's granola. Oh, Pat's granola. Yeah, her name is Patricia. 
have to support businesses in these streets. Okay, cool. Yeah, and anything? she's a black woman too, so she's oh, a young. Oh, even better. Okay. Yeah, she's a black woman. I maker. Okay, I need to get her deep and put her in in the thing because I'm all about. Circ- I'm gonna say circulating the pounds in England, my pound, but circulating the dollar, the pound, the yen, whatever. Yeah, um, in our um, in our communities, because you know a lot of people do it, and people are like, oh, why they has to be black? But the, you know, a lot of communities do it to their own. You know, they yes. circulate it seven, yeah. ten times around before it comes out. So mm-hmm. just economics, isn't it? It's just we just want to support yeah. our own, just like everyone else. And ninety nine percent of the time, I'm buying white stuff, anyways. So let me just I know. help my little. Not my little, but let's help my brothers and sisters out once in a while. Yeah, I'm with you. Same thing. Is there anything I didn't ask you, which I should have? Not that I can think of. This has been a very good interview. I appreciate it. I I mean, of course, I've watched some of your other interviews, listened to your podcast, and I love podcasts. So I'm like, love listening to your podcast, just have it on in the background. And so, um, yeah, no, you, you, you hit everything that I think I wanted to say cool so i know it's going to be in the show notes but just in case for everybody where can we find you and where can we connect with you um i would say the best place is on instagram um i'm one of the few people whose personal instagram is also my like business instagram uh and so you'll see stories about me hiking with my fiance and also we're probably going to get a new dog soon we just bought a house we're going to get married, but I'm also like teaching people how to do funnels and I'm a Google coach and all this other thing. So if you want like stuff like that, um, it's just Lindsay L Sims on Instagram. Perfect. Lindsay. Yeah. I've learned that. Okay, cool. So this is, thank you for being on this podcast. Much appreciate it. This is the Black Creative Handbook with Santa Lauren Gordon, and we will speak and connect soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Black Creative Handbook, your handbook for success, the manual, what you need to get there. Keep on working with us. Please share, comment, rate us, just help us out. We help you, you help us, we're a family. Speak soon, next time, same time, next week show everybody love.